Welcome to At Home with Kelly and Tiffany, where naturally-minded women gather together as we pursue simplicity and confidence in health alternatives so we can show up better in our busy lives and feel more at home in our bodies. Join your favorite home birth midwife duo for conversation, candor, and community. Welcome back to the show. This is At Home with Kelly and Tiffany. I'm Kelly. And I'm Tiffany. Swapped the names there. No, we didn't. It's Kelly and Tiffany. Tiffany and Kelly. I put you first because it's wow. alphabetical. That's oh, how I decided I actually wondered. should go first. I just thought you were like, I probably shouldn't go first. There was part that, too. <laughs> Great. <laughs> it just seemed like, you know, I was, it, I was being my most humble self as I was ordering our names. As you always are. Yeah. The last will go first and the first will go last. <laughs> Wait, well, so that means that I, I, that I mean about I am the first. <laughs> and, and you're the last. Oh, it's great. Yeah. I appreciate that. It's just the truth. <laughs> it's unfortunate. This episode is coming out on Thanksgiving week. Oh, you know what I'm thankful for? Me? You. <laughs> I was going to say, our listeners also, they're fine. I love you very much. Thank you. I love you, too. You're definitely one of the feathers on my hand, Turkey. Oh, that's really thoughtful. Yeah, you draw and, you know, you probably made, like, the opposable thumb. Mm-hmm. No, the, the head. Okay, uh, okay, so the first one there. You want the first feather? Oh, yeah. I'm your first feather. You're my first feather. Thanks. <laughs> you probably look. Fourth feather, but okay. Fun fact. Ooh. Ready? No. I just remembered this as we were starting to record. One of my nicknames growing up as a kid was Turkey. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have any context to how that came? No. Out? My dad just called me Turkey. Oh, like you little he Turkey? Called, yeah, he called me Turkey. He called my brother Ding Dong. Sorry, brother. Yeah. <laughs> well. Sweet little happy Thanksgiving. It's great. <laughs> yeah. You a little turkey. It's I don't have bad Actually, feelings about that at all. I'm gonna share a quick side story on Turkey. When we I went to Sri Lanka for my brother's wedding years ago. And my brother the night before the wedding had just a little bit too much to drink and he was calling everybody. He would say, like, yeah, let's go watch the World Cup was on. Let's go watch the World Cup. Yeah, turkey. And so then that's like in our text thread all the time in our family calling each other turkeys. Because of that. Because yeah. of that. He just thought he was so silly. He, oh, you little turkey? I'm getting married tomorrow. I'm <laughs> so nervous. <laughs> all you people came to Sri Lanka for it. <laughs> no pressure. Nope. Uh, that's good. It's good to insult people with a term of endearment. Yeah, turkey. Yeah, Turks. Steve. <laughs> yeah, turkey. Turkeys. Yeah, there you go. Like the bird that you eat on Thanksgiving. Yes. Not a I, people group. Yeah, no, no. <laughs> not a people no. group. Great. Uh, we're, we're off to a great start to talk about our particular subject. Postpartum essentials for yeah. a new mom. The easiest, smoothest transition there. Turkey <laughs> to postpartum. I will say my very first postpartum experience was Thanksgiving week. Boom. Tied it around in a little circle with a bow on it. That's right. It's Keaton's birthday this week. Yeah. Tomorrow. He was a little butterball turkey. 
He was. He's a fat boy. Oh my gosh. Okay, your first baby weighed 10 pounds, 9 pounds, 10 ounces. And it was like probably a, like a pound of it was in his like chin fat. It really was the fattest little baby. Yeah, it's really cute. So cute. I love fat babies. All babies are wonderful. There's something about fat babies, especially when the roll starts happening, like the forearm or like that ankle roll where it looks like they're wearing socks, but it's just they're fat. Yeah. <laughs> there's, there's no other season of life <laughs> where you are that chubby and it's cute. And we're just like, oh, I just love this, all these rolls. And it's too bad that ends at some point. Yeah. Before we dive into today's material, <laughs> <laughs> we have 20 more minutes of backstory about our lives. <laughs> Can you tell me the podcast did in a while? <laughs> I just want to share. We just want to share so bad with all of you. One of the things that we wanted to bring into the show as we're reintroducing it. I wonder how long we're going to be reintroducing it yep. for. I don't know. Is having some more direct interaction with our listeners and followers. You guys ask the best questions. You have such great insight. You bring so much joy to us when you engage on stuff that we're talking about on here. And for the years that we've been doing this, we've had some great questions from you guys. We are going to take a listener question today. This one comes from Michelle Knight, my dear friend, family member through marriage, and (laughs) our business coach. She's legit. The most legit. And she texted this a couple of weeks ago. And I was like, oh, you need me for something. Oh, I can help you finally. One time you asked me a question (laughs) instead of... The 7,500 other times where it was the other direction. You know, Uh, Michelle was actually a guest on one of our podcast episodes. (gasps) That's right. Uh, It was a Mother's Day episode a couple years ago. Yeah, it was awesome. It was great. Oh, my gosh. Insightful. So insightful. Um, I'm just going to repeat everything you say. So insightful. (laughs) The most. (laughs) Yeah. Okay, this is what she said. I want to better understand how to eat for optimizing my hormones, thyroid specifically, and my metabolism. Boom. Just even the question of recognizing that you can eat to optimize those things already puts her like 10 steps ahead from most people. Oh, amazing that she made that connection. But I will say, she asked this question right after we were on vacation together. Mm. And she was like, it seems like you eat in a specific way. Seems like you're talking a lot about all the different things that you're eating and why. And she's like, I just noticed that you were just, you know, intentional about a couple of things. Um, And she wants in on that. I have not made her wait until she hears this episode to have the question answered (laughs) that'd be really sad (laughs) but you guys can ask a question too in the show notes you'll see a link to submitting questions and you will have to wait for us to answer them on the show but we will be answering listener questions on a regular basis yes but in terms of actually eating to optimize these things and her thyroid all of those pieces all of that are hormonal production that 
It's just talking to each other, right? And so one of the keys that we have talked about before on the show that we harp on all of the time and that we made a really big point in our hormone balancing food guide to talk about was the importance of protein and healthy fat for women. I think a lot of women restrict calories or are afraid, we've been kind of trained to be afraid of fat. And one of the feedback uh, pieces that we have gotten from people who are in, you know, trying to get into this lifestyle of eating to balance their hormones has been, wow, like I just really have to get to getting used to like eating a full avocado or not being afraid to add that extra coconut oil or whatever. And for them to see actually how much longer burning um, their energy is and how much more stable their blood sugar is, which just impacts everything. Everything. Yeah. A huge part of hormone health is stabilizing blood sugar because blood sugar runs on the endocrine system also. And so all of these little signals are constantly trying to communicate to different things in your body. They're like little messengers and they run on fat. They just need fat in order to communicate well. So that's a really important piece to eating well for hormone balance. Another big part is eating in order to actually like metabolize and eliminate excess hormone. Yes. So the whole entire detox system of our bodies needs support in that way. And I mean, there's just so many questions I would have to ask her to like, you know, dial down some of those things. But one of the biggest things that you should be assessing as you think about this, because I'm sure there's plenty of listeners who have very similar questions, is what your digestive experience is like, what your bowel movements are like. Are you pooping every day? That's probably another really huge key to keeping your body hormonally happy is poop. Something that not everybody likes to talk about. Yeah, you have to poop in order to detox excess hormones. And a big buzzword right now in hormone health is estrogen dominance. Mm -hmm. Probably sounds somewhat familiar to most of you. And it is literally just an overproduction of estrogen or a normal production of estrogen that cannot leave your body. Yes. So supporting that entire system through the food that you're eating and also just other lifestyle pieces that you can add in there. But we do go very much in depth, all of those pieces in our hormone balancing food guide. Yeah, it's 10 bucks, you guys. You can jump on our website, grab it for yourself. There's meal plans, recipes explanations on how and what to buy. And that would give you a really great jump for hormone balancing. Mm -hmm. Thanks, Michelle. Yeah. Thoughtful question Mm -hmm. that provided a lot of good content for our podcast. That's a business coaching thing to do. Okay. As we dive into postpartum essentials for new moms, we have to start with some introspection. Y'all know I'm working on that. I've developed some introspective questions. I think the most important thing that new moms can do to prepare for postpartum is prepare. Expect there to need to be a plan in Mm -hmm. place. Yes. Yes. And you can start doing that at any point in your pregnancy. Yeah, there's such a focus on birth prep. Important, of course. But there's an entire life after that day or days or hours, whatever that ends up looking like, that is big 
and it's meant to be big and it's big in a million ways. It's big in really, really great and amazing ways and big in really hard ways too. Hmm. That is big. It is so big. Okay. Five, five questions to dial this down as you get going on how you're going to do your postpartum. Number one, how will you eat? Yeah. Not just like, is there food in the house somewhere? But how are you actually going to eat when you are laying in bed and you're breastfeeding your baby and you are maybe tender, sore, all of the things recovering? How are you going to be nourished? Are, you know, meals made ahead? What do you have next to your bed that you can grab really easily? Who is there who's in charge of the food for you? Are you going to set up a meal train? I mean, there's like a million different questions that can fall under how will you eat? Um, and not just like the actual tangible eating, but how in terms of what kinds of food are you going to have available as well? Yes. Hmm. Number two, how will you sleep? How? That's <laughs> You let us know let if us you figure that out. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> but sleep is one of the things that we have seen with our clients and ourselves as moms needing to keep an open palm as much as you can. Whatever works to get everybody the most amount of sleep is what we recommend. Nine times out of 10, it is moms who are like, but I bought this cute bassinet and that's where the baby's going to go, but the baby doesn't want to leave me. So what's wrong? And we're like, actually, nothing's wrong. Accepting and kind of going with the flow of what your baby actually needs is going to help you take a step down just in your system, your nervous system, and be like, okay, yes, actually, we can sleep together. Or I can kind of make this little pivot in the sleep area. We recommend that maybe your day starts a little bit later than it normally does, but piecing together the amount of time that you normally sleep before you get your day started the next day, right? So if that, it sounds kind of luxurious, but if you're able to take that extra nap in the morning, those kinds of things to piece together the time. Your sleep is going to be broken. That's just how it is with a newborn. But how can you support yourself as much as possible in that? And that goes with like childcare and all those other pieces too, of like how to actually make that work depending on your family. Number three, how will you meet the demands of breastfeeding? It's demanding. <laughs> like I think that the idea of planning for postpartum, so much planning can be done for breastfeeding and understanding it and understanding not only just the mechanics of it all, but the emotional aspect. Have you ever been in a space where you have been the only person who can satisfy somebody's needs in such a like demanding little package, right? And so recognizing like, yeah, sometimes moms are able to just pop a baby right on their breast and breastfeeding is wonderful. But even then, it is still a demand that's on you. And so creating space beforehand of connecting with a lactation consultant, talking with other moms who have breastfed, who can share their experience openly can be really helpful. Taking a class and then just with the actual breastfeeding piece, what, what else is happening in your house while you are sitting there for a half an hour at a time? a lot throughout the day, how are those other pieces going to kind of fall together? Number four, how will you ask for help? Not, not will you ask for help, right? How? Or who will you ask to help you, right? How? 
Yes. And that is something to start practicing right now. There's just something about, I don't know if it's our culture or how we're, but so many of our clients have come to us and I feel the same way. I got broken apart in my third postpartum where I really realized, oh, I need to be much better about asking for support in the spaces that I need because I really needed it. But I felt uncomfortable asking for it, even though people wanted to serve in particular ways. And I think that you'll find that true of yourself, too. So many people want to love on you. And it can be really hard to feel vulnerable enough to say, please, can you do that? And not just, oh, let me know if you need something and saying, you know, stepping up to that and being like, actually, yes, what I would love is a meal. And people be like, great, thank you for telling me that. But starting to practice right now of, hey, I need this thing, or can you help me with this thing, can be really powerful. Number five, how will you keep tabs on your emotional health? When it's left to like our own devices, I don't necessarily think that we are the greatest. We can be very aware, certainly, but it is very common for women kind of after the fog lifts of early postpartum to be like, actually, I was not okay, or I'm realizing that that was actually not normal. And so um, talking to people in your pregnancy that you can ask specifically for kind of keep tabs on some of those pieces. We as midwives, home birth midwives, we see our clients so often in the first six weeks of postpartum um, and then continue to see them throughout that entire first year that our tabs are kept very close. And so I think that uh, unfortunately, that's a huge piece that's missing in a lot of other maternity care styles. But being aware of that, potentially being aware of your proclivity towards any of those things or not, just being aware that it is a thing can be powerful if you start to piece together a bit of a team or at least a conversation around it with some trusted people. Woo! Yeah. Okay, those are five things to ask yourself you begin to postpartum plan and continue to ask yourself yes. as you move along in your life. Because yeah, there's a few of those that I'm like, well, I'm not breastfeeding, but like demands of what? Motherhood? How am I yeah. keeping tabs on my emotional health? Right? Maybe I'm not. How am I going to eat? <laughs> I'm like, I'm in charge of that? Yeah. We have a saying around here that goes like this. <laughs> uh, it's actually just two words. Now I have to make it a, set, a saying. We we are as moms. We are in perpetual postpartum. Yes, it is just an ongoing, forever changed, constantly pouring out, readjusting, feeling spread thin. It is just what mom life is. Yes, like, and so, I think I thought when I had my first baby that I was like, well, I'm like young and. Whatever, like I'll kind of, I'll get back to myself is what I was hoping for mm -hmm. or anticipating, I guess. And realizing throughout those first months, I'm like, oh, I actually couldn't get back to her if I tried. There's pieces of me certainly that are still me, but I was like so cracked open in a new way that it's like, even though this is intense and a lot, it also, you know, you love them so much that you're like, I wouldn't want it any other way, but I need to be able to also voice the discomforts growing pains all the things it's a big adjustment yeah okay so you've had three postpartums yep. you have three kids i do uh-huh and one of them was particularly 
Well, the one I was a part of. <laughs> I don't know what happened with the first two. Maybe you blocked it out and you said those were great. I'm pretty sure I thought I had it all figured out because my first two labors were pretty straightforward. My first two postpartums overall were very straightforward. Breastfeeding was great. I was like, I feel emotionally fine. I mean, the first one was kind of crazy just because you're becoming a mom. But honestly, it was not that intense. Okay, so what was your third postpartum? <laughs> <was> so like <laughs> So I left. I don't know. I was <laughs> just I kind of that, that is sometimes I look at her and I'm like, man, you were so cute as a baby, but you know, I'm trying to block that out a little bit. So I think I anticipated everything to go exactly as it did before. I was already a licensed midwife when I had my third. And I feel like as a third time mom and as a midwife, I was like, well, I've kind of very pridefully was like, I've kind of got this right. And I didn't anticipate anything kind of veering me off track. My third baby came at 37 weeks and my first two had come in my 41st week. So I was, you know, already kind of thrown off my game when she was born. And then she had a ton of oral restrictions, tongue tie and stuff that made breastfeeding like excruciating and she was losing weight and I couldn't keep my supply up and I'm sitting there being like if I can't do this what you know all of the questions that if you really desire breastfeeding right all of those questions that start to come up of like who am I if I can't feed my baby who am I if I can't feed my baby what kind of midwife am I if I can't figure this out what does this say about me and my identity and all of this? Right, I had a major existential crisis in it and definitely was not grounded in that early part of recognizing the problem in like my faith and all those things that it really shook me that was ended up being very sweet and very redemptive of the story that it took of all of these people that I needed to help me. I needed to be, yes, I do need a lactation consultant. Yes, I do need a cranial sacral therapist. Yes, I do need to get this revision done. Yes, I do need Tiffany to come over and like take my kids all the time and just drop me off magazines and chocolate because she's so good to me. Uh, but it really, it helped me see. I had walked through so this so many times with other women, my clients being like, here's what you need to pump and give an SNS and do all of these things. And recognizing the emotional toll that it took was really intense. Not just pumping was hard, but it was what does this mean, right? When is this going to end? Being in that space of unknown, it was a really raw time for me in a lot of ways. Spiritually, it was, it, it, again, it ended up being such a beautiful, broken experience for me that just only led to more sweetness in my faith, in my motherhood, in my midwifery, all of those pieces. But it was hard. It was really hard, not only in the breastfeeding, but like she was just a fussy, Busserton hated sleep for many months. So it was all just new stuff. And it felt like be it felt like I was a new mom in a lot of ways. And thankfully we made our way through it. Crazy times, man. Crazy times. I I almost regret asking you to share because yeah, <laughs> in my body I'm feeling I was feeling things too as I was while you're talking about yep. it. I was like, oh. It was oh, hard. It was, it was hard. But I feel like walking through that same experience with other women since then, I'm like, I I see you in such a new light that I don't think I could have met 
some women in some of those spaces in the same way. Agreed. Um, without that. It's a huge asset to our practice. Mm. I hope you're not tired of me being like, well, Kelly didn't know what she was doing. <laughs> She's a midwife. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, it's just didn't. good. Like, we just need that. We need humility in our lives. And yeah, uh, we're not guaranteed any certain kind of outcome or experience. So recognizing that and learning how to utilize the support that you have, planning ahead and building out the ability to have that kind of support, expecting that you're going to need it in some capacity. Yes. Um, it's a good expectation, right? It's a good expectation to be like, this is going to be hard and I am going to get as much help as I can for it. Yes, absolutely. So we... We have our own postpartum experiences, but then, of course, we get to help hundreds of women with their postpartum experiences in our work as doulas and midwives. And so we've been around postpartum moms a lot, and society would have you thinking that you need the things on your registry, right? Mm -hmm. Like you need all of these fancy things that are going to help you take care of this baby better or more efficiently or easier or something, right? But when we say essentials, we're going to, like, really pare it down to the bare essentials. Yeah, we're minimalists when it comes to a lot of things. Yep, and this especially. So we want to share our list of bare essentials, new mom bare essentials that you would potentially want to have on your radar or in your nursery, in your nursery that you will never use you won't. <laughs> until you redecorate it for a four-year-old. Yep. <laughs> Who's still sleeping? Who's still sleeping? <laughs> <that> anyway. <laughs> okay. What items new moms really need in the category of birth recovery? We have arnica, homeopathic pellets, and postpartum sits herbs. Two just heavy hitters: arnica for inflammation, pain, just general recovery, and sits herbs for your sensitive lady bits that just birthed a baby yeah postpartum herbs are a tea that you make and you save the liquid from the tea and all the goodness from the herbs has come out into this tea now and you can soak pads in it to have a compress up against your perineum you can put it in your peri bottle and rinse it over your labia and perineum when you're toileting right after birth and they're all herbs that help to reduce swelling reduce pain improve recovery, repair tissue. So it's just good stuff to have up on your bottom. In the breastfeeding category of essentials are silverettes and an IBCLC. Yes, a lactation consultant. Silverettes, they are magical. I love them. I will go to my grave being like they are just a godsend in so many ways. But they are the silver little cups that just go over your nipples. They almost look like nipple tassels, but like without the tassels. <laughs> and just literally just made of silver. You don't use anything else on your nipples. And you just keep them on there. And the healing properties of the silver work their dang magic on your tender nipples. They do not take the place of a proper deep, good latch. But they can help ease all kinds of trauma and tenderness and discomfort. What can help a not great latch or a host of other issues is an IBCLC. So having somebody in your network, whether it's word of mouth or you've researched in your area, having a board certified lactation consultant 
that is at the ready that maybe you've met with prenatally, but that you can call, make an appointment with for any breastfeeding issue? Yeah. I think women hesitate a lot on that piece of just getting an expert on board. And that is a huge mistake. Yes. I mean, we, even as midwives, bring IBCLCs in all the time for our clients. Yep. It's a it's a huge asset. Absolutely. In the sleep category, mm. we have bed sharing. That's not something you can buy, but you can work on your mindset towards yeah. it and help with the home and older children. Yes. Again, like I was mentioning earlier, sleep, just holding that with an open palm and recognizing everything is a season, but also what is going to get you guys the most sleep is almost always bed sharing or a baby sleeping near or on you where they can smell you, hear your heartbeat, smell your milk, all that good stuff. Yeah. And for those of you who are concerned about the safety aspect of bed sharing, there's some really great and complete and in-depth research that James McKenna has been a part of sharing. So you can do a little bit of googly goos, little uh, yahooey hooings, <laughs> little duck duck go, <laughs> and look up his information and see what the parameters are for safe bed yeah. sharing. It will change your life. It truly, truly will, as would getting help with your home, getting help with the older kids. All that is going to do is help you stay in bed keep you as rested as possible. Absolutely. In the food category, we've got put somebody in charge of a meal train for you. And choo-choo. Here come the meal. (laughs) (laughs) And frozen meals, preparing ahead of time your own frozen meals and just stashing your freezer with foods that your family is going to be able to reheat easily. Foods that you guys like and love and just having that on standby. Yeah. And the last like month or so of your pregnancy, even just when you're making dinner or husband, whoever's making dinner, just double batching and putting some stuff away will pay dividends. Meal trains are amazing too, because you get to say like, drop it off at the front. Don't really want visitors. Here's what I can't eat. Here's where I like takeout from. Thanks. <laughs> and people love to do it. They do. They really do. Yeah. It's an important part of community building Mm -hmm. is asking for help in this specific way. And it's a really easy, practical thing that other people can do for you. Absolutely. Okay. And our last category is mood. Mm. The essentials for mood support are sepia, homeopathic, staying on all your prenatal supplements. Yeah. Really easy for that to fall um, off the wayside. Motherwort as an herbal remedy. and community Mm, community super important the homeopathics and the herbs in particular we love to get moms on if we're aware of something beforehand and we're like let's just help bolster but any kind of sign of pieces of that afterwards we almost always see a really good quick reaction to that not necessarily like a be-all end-all cure-all type of thing but incredibly supportive as staying on all your supplements, right? In particular, if you're like on desiccated liver or vitamin D, those pieces can really continue to bolster you for sure. Especially when you're potentially getting a meal train that's uh, lasagna a few nights in a row or something where you're like, oh, great. But also you may not be nourishing yourself in the same way that you were during your pregnancy, especially those first few days. Absolutely. 
You may be furiously taking notes as we're saying all of these things, but we've taken the notes for you. Oh, we're so ready. ready. Probably should have said that in the beginning before you <laughs> pulled your car over and started scribbling on the back of a receipt. <laughs> There's a link in our show notes to Amazon links to every single thing that we have mentioned here that is purchasable. The oh, things that are not. The things that are not purchasable. We cannot purchase your community or help with your kids. Yep. Sorry. But you you can contribute finances to those things. You can buy yes. friends. You can. But you can't buy community. <laughs> <You're sure. laughs> yeah, I don't know. There's, but a yeah, there. there's a link to the Amazon postpartum list there, which I'm so excited about. I actually didn't know it was all pulled together. And it was like, Tiffany, good job. Thank you, Kelly. <laughs> I've pulled something together. Congratulations. Thank you, thank you. And another really exciting part of this piece, you guys have heard us mention it a couple of times, but for this week in particular, celebrating... Do you celebrate Black Friday? Uh, Celebrate? Getting in the mood for the holiday shopping season. It's, it's It's a promo time. Yep. Yeah. And we want a promo <laughs> with you. Got another promo for you. <laughs> While supplies last, we have buy our postpartum support bundle, get postpartum herbs for free. Boom, ski. This postpartum bundle is filled to the brim with a ton. It's like literally having us in your back pocket for your postpartum. All of our guidelines for you, for baby, for a normal recovery. Meal plans, supplement guides, birth story writing support, instruction, all kinds of things. Yeah. It's so many good things. So good. How many pages is that sucker? I forget, but it's a lot. It's like 50 or 60 pages of recipes and herbal preparations and meal plans to set up your freezer and... All the supplements you would need, all the, yep. Yeah, and a formal place to write a postpartum plan and Mm -hmm. figure out how you're going to communicate that to other people. So it's what we believe every postpartum mom could use and deserve is figuring out ways to get that time more peaceful, more connected, more about what really matters, which is just you recovering and bonding with your baby. Hmm. Sweet. So head to our shop, beautifulonemidwifery.com. Click on the postpartum support bundle and you will automatically receive postpartum suits herbs. Boom. I love it. I love it too. If you aren't following us on Instagram yet, jump on over. It's at beautifulonemidwifery. We would love to hear from you there. I'd love to hear what maybe potentially is on your postpartum essential list, listeners. Like, do you have one that that you're like, oh, I can't believe they didn't include that. Oh, for sure. I'd love to hear. Of course. There's there's a hundred things. We could have. But like, you know, if somebody's like, this is the one thing. Oh, yeah. I want to hear about that. Yeah. Yeah. I want to hear about your one thing. I want to hear about your one thing. Tell me your one thing. (laughs) Okay, ladies. It's been fun. We'll catch you next week. Bye. Bye.